Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. As a salon owner, you most likely have dreams for not only your salon, but for your personal life as well. Perhaps it's a dream house, financial freedom, being able to provide for others, or even a gym membership that you can't quite justify with your current financial situation. It can start to feel very limiting indeed. You want these things, and you no doubt work hard for them, but you feel they're impossible to reach. Well, today I shine the light on how it can be possible for you. All it takes is the right plan, and you're on your way. So I've invited financial wizard Jackson Milan. Having been in the wealth business space for over 14 years, he's helped his clients build over $1.4 billion in wealth. Amazing. So he's chosen to share his most common roadblocks that salon owners face in achieving financial freedom and the strategies that you can implement to overcome them. So let's tune in to what he has to say. Jackson, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Very pleased to have you here. Thanks, Larissa. I'm looking forward to having a, a good chat today. Well, let's start with, uh, well, who are you? What do you do? How did you get to be doing what you're doing? And where are you in the world? Yeah, I'll give you guys a bit of background. So I'm Jackson Milan. I'm also known as the Wealth Mentor. Um, I've been in the wealth and business strategy space for over 14 years now. And I, I'm typically, if people see me, I'm your typical finance guy. Um, and uh, I, I've always, I've never strived to be, I never will be. And I got involved in this, this industry because of my parents. Uh, my mum was a hairdresser. Uh, she tried very hard to scale a salon with very little success. And uh, she battled every step of the way. My old man was a bit of a dreamer. He tried his hand at every business that you could possibly imagine, never stuck do anything long enough to see success. And they always said to me when I was a kid, they said, Jackson, if you want to be successful in this world, you need to work hard for it. And this is coming from people that work 16 hour days for as long as I could remember. But I remember very early on that I realized there was a disconnect between what they were telling me and what was actually happening in their own lives, that I could see that if what they told me was true, they would have been squillionaires. They would have had a whole heap of money and they would have been doing very well, but they struggled for every dollar that they earned. And uh, I realized that they were working for their money as opposed to their money working for them. So over the course of the better part of the last decade, I've been working with service-based business owners to help them understand the language of money, be able to increase their profits, improve their cash flow, and then systematically turn business profit into personal wealth. And over the last uh, decade or so, we've helped our clients build $1.4 billion in combined wealth. So uh, it's been a, a pretty successful journey so far. And in terms of where I am right now, I'm actually in a place called Nimbin, uh, which is kind of southwest uh, New South Wales. We're five weeks into 12 months traveling around Australia as our ba business basically runs itself. Um, and the whole aim of this trip was about once again, practicing what we preach, but really showing business owners, the world around how to create a true lifestyle business, a business that not just gives them the financial means uh, to be able to have opportunities, but to actually give themselves permission to go pursue those opportunities and live the life they want. So uh, it's been a five weeks in so far and it's been great. 
I love it. And I love that you're sitting now in your, what do you call it? Is a camper van? Your it's my, wife? It's my, <laughs> my truck. So we've got a four-wheel drive truck because we, we like overlanding. So we like to go to the, the most remote parts of the world and, uh, and experience life off-grid. So uh, that's, uh, that's where I'm sitting right now. Uh, so you've got to find a balance between being off-grid and then back into the Wi-Fi grid to keep in touch with the world. I'm sure that's a challenge. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's finding that balance is very important. Well, it's very interesting to watch. Uh, it's fun watching you uh, and the adventures that you're up to. But let's talk about uh, some of the habits that salon owners need to put into place so they can be uh, super profitable. Um, and so what would you say would be the number one roadblock to the majority of small business owners, particularly salon owners, being profitable? I think the first one's not having a plan. I, let's face it, when you're a salon owner, you're a hairdresser, you're an expert technician, you love what you do. And you've probably worked for somebody in the past and you realize that you've got a gift. You're better than the average. And you, so you had this little penny that dropped and you go, wow, I'm good at this. And because I'm good at this, I should do it for myself because I'm going to make more money. And you think it's going to be this easy, seamless transition to now starting to run your business and rolling in the cash. But the, the harsh reality is that very rarely happens. And you get into business because you just want to cut hair and you want to do what you do best. And you think that it's just going to be an easy system to replicate, but you don't really have a plan. You don't get into business to be a business owner. You don't get into business to be a financial planner. You get into business because you're good at what you do. So it's this lack of the plan that typically results in so many salon owners dealing with their business growth knee jerk. They end up putting themselves last. And ultimately what ends up happening is all of their money goes to pay everyone else. And they live on the crumbs of what's left. My mum did it. And so many other hairdressers that I've worked with over the years have been in that same situation. I'm sure you can relate as well, Larissa, when working with your clients. Absolutely. So it's about having this, what we call a three-dimensional plan. It's about not only just considering what you want to achieve in your business, but it's being cognizant to the fact that your business is just a vehicle. It is a vehicle, a wealth creation vehicle, one of the best wealth creation vehicles that should and will enable you to manufacture financial freedom for you and your family. And it's about making sure that we understand that we are in business for profit. And I see so many business owners, particularly really good technicians, they are some, somewhat ashamed of making a profit. It's like they, they wear this badge of honor of just scraping by. And I, I don't want to see that anymore. I want to see good technicians, good hairdressers, good business owners, not just survive, but thrive because they deserve to run a profitable business and they deserve to be able to achieve financial freedom. Yeah, I love that. And you're talking not just about a business plan, you're talking about a financial plan. Exactly. Because as business being a vehicle, it's there to provide us with the outcomes we want in our life. And once again, even financial freedom is a vehicle. We need to define what is it that we want outside of our business? What's the lifestyle you want to live? What's the house you want to live in? By when do you want to be debt free? What school do you want to send your kids to? What are the holidays and experiences that you want to be able to afford to go on without having to worry about putting it on the credit card or having to, to sacrifice on one of your other goals in order to make it happen? Because this is why we're in business. Like no one gets into business to put themselves in, in handcuffs, right? However, so many business owners are in this jail that they're in the confines of their business and they're not realizing the true freedom and flexibility that they got into business to create for themselves in the first place, which I think is wrong. And it's not because of a lack of passion, it's a lack of understanding of how to create a good financial plan. Yeah, I love that because I feel like uh, the world is full of possibilities and opportunities, yet somehow 
it feels like we can't get our hands on upon it. Yeah. Actually, we can. We just haven't made a plan to do so. Exactly. And that ends up meaning that we end up being reactive. We're just putting out fires. We're always on the back foot. And it's this constant feeling like I've taken one step forward and I've now taken two steps backwards. And that has only happened as a result of not having the appropriate plan in place that, that essentially allowed you to prepare for what is possible. Um, and it might seem like a little bit of a, of a dream right now, but it is possible to create a, a three-dimensional plan that gives you freedom and flexibility, but also gives you a good fallback plan when things don't go to plan. Because like, who could have seen COVID happening, right? However, there was a big difference between businesses who were prepared for a situation like COVID, had a good plan to create an emergency fund to fall back on, and those that were running their business on the smell of an oil rag prior to COVID, and it only amplified their problems as a result. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so if we have a good plan in place, if we have a three-dimensional plan in place, love the sound of that, uh, what would be the next roadblock that stops salon owners from being profitable? The next one is no cash. Like so many salon owners complain around cash flow, right? Um, like I've got to hire new people, I've got to get new uh, new technicians and stylists in, um, I've got expenses going out left, right and centre, or I feel like I'm just getting ahead and now I've got a tax bill. Oh crap, there goes all of my savings. And it's just once again, constantly on the back foot of complaining about not having cash, not having enough cash to pursue the opportunities that you know you should knowing that you should be taking chips off the table and building wealth through property and shares, but just not feeling confident to be able to do so. So once again, we've got to realize that the lack of cash flow in your business is a lag indicator for deeper problems. The solution is not fixing the cash problem. It is fixing the precursors to the cash problem. Because what we need to understand is that we need to reverse engineer your money in the bank to your expenses in your business, to your revenue in your business, to the number of, of uh, appointments that you need to fulfill, to the hourly rate that you charge or the, the session rate that you charge, to the number of people who walk through the door or the appointments that are scheduled. We need to take the outcome that you're realizing right now, let's say it's $30,000 a month in your business, actually crunch the numbers on all of those precursors that get to that $30,000 a month. So we understand our numbers now. And then if we want to double it, let's say we want to go from 30,000 a month to 60,000 a month, then can we just double all of those other metrics and that's going to get us the outcome? Or is it actually better for us to say, hey, actually, for every person that makes a call, I want to increase the number that book an appointment. For every existing client that comes in, I want to maximize the rebook rate. 
I want to try and sell packages. I want to increase the amount that I charge. And it's just through actually tracking the data in the first place that we can then understand what levers we can pull in our business to improve the cash. Because most business have what we call cash flow bottlenecks. And it's they're typically invisible because people haven't taken the time to track the numbers because they've been too busy outsourcing it to their accountant or their bookkeeper and not taking responsibility themselves. And it's when we take responsibility that we understand how we can architect the right solution that gets us the outcome that we want, which is more cash, more cash flow and the ability to pursue more opportunities. I love this. You're speaking so much sense. I think one of the roadblocks uh, to doing that is some fear around numbers, like, oh, I'm not a numbers yeah. person. I don't do numbers. Uh, I just close my eyes and hopefully when I look in the bank, there's some cash in there or not. <laughs> yeah. Before we go into your third tip, which I'm looking forward to, what is it about being fearful of money? Why are people scared of it? I've seen it a lot. I, I've definitely observed it with my mum because hairdressers are artists. They're creatives. And for that reason, they've either come to understand or been told that they're not numbers people. And they've developed this fear. Like I, one of my, my, my earliest memories of money, I was probably about 10 years old. I remember coming home from school and I remember on the kitchen table, there was a pile of unopened bills. And I knew it was wrong. I didn't quite understand what it was, but I knew that it was wrong. And I asked my mum about it. I said, mum, why haven't you opened those letters? She said, Jackson, I already know what's inside. There's no reason to open them. And when I wrote my first book, I developed seven spender types. And one of those spender types is the ignorer. And I feel that many hairdressers identify with being the ignorer. They bury their head in the sand and they go, this is too much stress for me to deal with. I'm just going to put my head in the sand until it goes away. And it often makes the situation worse. The thing is that we just need to get to, to basic education. And what I, what I feel is that if we can get comfortable just tracking basic numbers, we realize that it's actually not as scary as we really think. It's like the monster under the bed. Your irrational thought of what the monster is under the bed is far more scary than when you look under the bed and you realize there's nothing there in the first place, right? <laughs> yeah. So what we help our clients do, particularly creatives, is realize that there's actually no monster under the bed. We turn the lights on for them financially so they can get clarity. And we just create a really simple framework for them to work within so they can stick to what they do best and have clarity around the things that aren't their strengths being their financial figures. All right, I love that. Let's turn the light on. <laughs> um, all right, what is habit number three that profitable salon owners should be doing that they're really not doing at the moment? Yeah, it comes down to no consistency. It's this vicious roller coaster ride of a perpetuation, perpetuating reality of finance. I'm sure many salon owners who are listening or watching this can, can relate that they've had really good month followed by a really crappy month or a great quarter followed by a crappy quarter, or a great year followed by a crappy year. And what I put this down to is that we all have these invisible ceilings that we hit our head up against. And the fundamental principle that one of my mentors taught me very early on is that as a human being, we don't make bad decisions on purpose. We make the best decision that is on life's menu at the point in time. Like visualize this, you go to a restaurant and you open up the menu and you look at the menu and you find the one thing on that menu that you hate more than anything in the world. Let's call it Brussels sprouts, right? When have you ever said, hey, give me two serves of that Brussels sprouts, please? You never do it, right? It is only in hindsight that maybe you order something, you go, oh, that looks okay. The chef's special. I'm going to go that. And then it arrives and you taste it and you go, oh, that was a pretty crappy decision. I wish I just ordered the chicken schnitzel. Um, it's only in hindsight that you realize it was a bad decision. So this is not about removing bad decisions from the menu. This is increasing the quality of the decisions that you make. 
put better options on the menu. So if you're having a lack of consistency, there is a vicious cycle that's occurring with your finances or in your business in general. It is not due to your decision-making, it's the quality of those decisions. So the question you need to ask is how can I make better decisions than what I did last month, last quarter or last year? And that normally comes down to getting educated. Learn more, constantly striving for growth. Because another saying that we use a lot is that as a human being, you're like a tree. You're either growing and thriving or you're rotting and dying. You need to pick one. And I know which one I want to be. Yeah, yeah, I love that for sure. Um, okay, we've, I feel like we've unpacked so many things here. We've talked about not having a plan um, and just running by the seat of our pants. We've talked about uh, no cash flow and sticking our head in the sand, ignoring what's going on. And I think what I loved most is that the lack of cash flow is not actually about the lack of cash that's coming in. It's about you called it a, anyway, there's something else happening before we get to the cash. Um, and then making better decisions and being consistent about the things that we do. And I think that's something as creative entrepreneurial types, we're not good at being consistent. We don't want to be constrained by structures and systems. We want a little bit of freedom. But I think, uh, I know for me, this is something that we talk a lot about in Salon Mastery is uh, becoming data-driven it's kind of what you were saying is like know your numbers and know what's happening, turn the lights on and allow ourselves to be data driven. It doesn't mean that we have to squash creativity or uh, spontaneity, but it means that we can make better decisions, ask better questions. Yeah. I agree. And this is something that's really helped me as well, because I'm a very creative, visionary type. I like to create new things, but by being data driven, it allows you to measure the success of your creativity. So we can be creative, we can implement new ideas, new strategies, but we can actually work out what's actually pushing the needle forwards, what's helping us achieve our plan, improving our cash, creating more consistency, or what's actually detracting from that. So we can work out what we should be doing less of and more of. Yeah, do more of what works and less of what doesn't. <laughs> but we don't exactly know that right. unless That's we the end of the game. Yeah, we don't know that unless we're data-driven, otherwise we're just working off guesswork and gut instinct. Yeah. Exactly. All right, amazing. Um, well, you're a business owner yourself, Jackson. What uh, What is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you looking forward, keeps you driven or keeps you sane as a business owner? What's something that you can share with us? I think there's really two things that I can share here, Larissa. I think the first one was a quote that was from Confucius. And it basically said that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the second best time is today. And I think that for many of us, we feel like we're behind. We're so busy benchmarking our success by others. Like, oh, that person over there, they've already got their house. They've already paid it off. They're driving that nice car. They've got this massive salon with a beautiful fit out. I could never achieve that. I'm so far behind. But as a business owner, the only person that you should benchmark yourself against is the person you were yesterday. And you should be better than you were yesterday, but not as good as you are tomorrow. And I think that's very, really, really important because that can sometimes fuel our inaction of feeling like we're falling behind, which you're not. You're in the exact right place that you need to be of where you are right now, just about charging forwards. And I think the second one is that perfection is the enemy of progress. And I think as creatives, we are constantly chasing perfection and you just need to realize that you will never get it. And if you need to, you're better off getting something done than trying to get something perfect because perfect will never be done. 
And uh, it's about fa falling, failing forwards and always making sure that you're pursuing that progress over perfection that's going to get you the results that you want in life and business. Yeah, uh, and get enough done for, to make it happen and then tweak and perfect Correct. once it's... Uh, I think that's where most of the learning happens in any case, right? We don't know I agree. what perfection is until we're in there and then we learn a whole bunch of stuff and we realise actually often it's different to what we thought in the beginning. 100%. Look, I've even found from this trip, Larissa, that it's been a big learning experience for us. We've been planning this trip for a year because so many business owners just make excuses for why they don't do things and they defer the, the decisions into the future. I can't do that now. My, my business won't allow me. Um, and I said, no, stuff it. I'm going to spend 12 months systemizing myself out of my business. We've got 700 clients around the world. We've got a team of 27. Um, it's, it's a big ship to steer in a different direction. And I said, I'm going to do it. And uh, in 12 months, we've been able to make it happen. And there was so many moments, so many sleepless nights, like where I'd put my head on the pillow and I'd go, oh, crap, this is going to fail. Everything's going to come crashing down. Even I myself still have the, these, these, these feelings that come out, which is normal. And I realized that now being five weeks in that I, I, I overprepared and I could have actually done it a whole lot sooner. So I had to throw wow. myself into it to realize that what I was doing was right. And that it just goes to show that when you push that pace and you can get comfortable being uncomfortable, that is where the growth happens. Yeah, I love that. All right. What is uh, a book, a podcast, a resource or something that you can share with us? So we can get our hands on and really get some of these things into place. What would you suggest? Yeah, so we've developed a 40-point business performance scorecard that basically shows you as a business owner how well you're tracking towards financial freedom and what you can do to improve your trajectory. That's the top 40 things that we believe high performance business owners need to be doing to achieve their goals and get on track for that financial freedom. And the scary thing is we've done this with thousands of clients and the average score is about 18 out of 40, which means the average business owner is below average. But the good news is that we found that for people doing the scorecard, they can improve their score by at least 10 in 30 days or less by recognizing the low hanging fruit that they probably haven't thought about that can really help them supercharge their journey towards their goals. So it should take you about five minutes to complete, um, go through the scorecard, see how well you do, and then identify the top areas that you could turn from a no into a yes. So then you can start pushing in that progress over perfection in pursuit of what you want. Amazing. I have done the scorecard. Uh, it is uh, enlightening as much as it is uh, in you know, in getting a score and getting some kind of result. I think just the thinking process that it puts you through is super useful. So I'll make sure that we put the link to that in the show notes of the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and allowing us to have that experience. Jackson, you've been amazing. I love that you have so much sort of relevant experience for this industry uh, and uh, depth of knowledge around uh, finances. I appreciate your time. Coming from your truck in the middle of nowhere, um, it's been great hanging out today. Thank you. Been great chatting. Looking forward to chatting soon. Jackson, thank you so very much for joining me on the podcast today. It was awesome insights that you were able to share with us. Love hanging out with you. I personally love what you had to say about confronting the monster under the bed to really overcome any fears. Uh, it really is when we face the things that we, these things that we realize that they're not so scary after all. So, I want to know what did you love about this episode? Come and let me know in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group. The link to join us and hang out is in the show notes below. I'd love to learn what you have to say. All right, look forward to catching you same time, same place next week. Ciao for now.
Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.